You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of the sermon today is I Will Survive Any Storm. I Will Survive Any Storm. Let's make a faith declaration. Let's say it out of our own mouth today. One, two, three. I will survive any storm. I will survive any storm. Before we dive into the main text that we're going to be studying for today, we're going to have to set some theological precedent before. We're going to look at some scriptures that show us to lead us into the passage. The first scripture we're going to talk about is Romans 8, chapter 11. We've heard this scripture before if you've been in church for a long time. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Paul is talking to the church in Rome and making a statement here that the same power, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. Remember Jesus, at the very beginning of his ministry, he's walking by the river and he sees his cousin, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is preaching and preparing the way for someone to come and then he sees him come He says, you're called, Jesus says, you're called to baptize me. And he says, I'm not even fit to loose the sandals on your feet. And he baptizes him, and it says he sees the Spirit descend upon him like a dove. And after that, we see his ministry take off. And we see that because he's empowered by the Spirit, he is healing the sick, he is raising the dead, he is doing miracle after miracle. He is preaching and teaching like people have never heard before. That same spirit, once you accept Christ into your heart, resides in you. That same miracle working spirit resides in you. That same spirit that speaks with authority and casts out demons and brings people back from the dead resides in you. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he leaves. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That this power, this authority... This spirit that is upon us is yes to help us, yes to bless us, yes to encourage us, yes to comfort us, but also to go out and be a world changer. When you receive the power and it comes upon you, then all of a sudden you will be a witness everywhere you go. So we see that the same spirit that resides in Jesus now resides in us by us simply believing and confessing that He is Lord. So the passage that we're going to be speaking about is Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Now when He got into a boat, His disciples followed Him. And suddenly a great storm 
arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Verse 25, then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. Verse 26, but he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? I mean, imagine that. You're soaking wet, you're drowning, you're so scared that you're dying, you wake him up. Jesus says, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. In verse 27, so then the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? How are we going to survive any storm in our life is by looking at how Jesus survives this storm right here. The first step that I believe in reading this storm, in reading this passage, to help you survive any storm is, number one, you have to evaluate the storm. You've got to evaluate the storm. We see in verse 24, and suddenly a great storm arose, that all of a sudden, they're in this boat, they're going to the other side, Jesus says, let's get in the boat, if you read the other, the other stories, the story is mentioned three other times in the Gospels, he says, we're going to the other side, and they get in there, they're rowing, they're doing whatever, Jesus falls asleep, he's tired from ministry, and then out of nowhere, this storm just shows up and literally and figuratively rocks the boat. They don't know what hit them. It's happening so fast. It's filling the boat full of water. If you read other parts of the story in the other Gospels, it says that they are trying to get the water out of the boat, frantically working and trying to figure out how to get this taken care of. We have to evaluate the storm. Number one, when we recognize that we're in a storm, we need to evaluate that storm to understand how to fight, survive, and overcome it. When a storm is hitting your life, you can ask some questions. Number one, what, when you recognize, oh wait, I'm in a storm, there's something happening that is out of the norm in my life, we need to start evaluating and seeing where this storm came from, what this storm is doing. Number one is, is this storm affecting me and me only? Is there some type of sickness in my body? Is there some type of mental disorder? Is there some type of sin? Is there something that I'm dealing with internally? Is this storm only affecting me? Another question to ask, is the storm affecting the circle of my life? Is this storm that has hit me, is it affecting my spouse? Is it affecting our marriage? Is the storm that's happening affecting my family? My parents, my grandparents, is it affecting my job? Is it affecting my community? Another question asked, is it affecting the whole world? In 2020, we have plenty of storms that we could say, oh, it's not just affecting me. Oh, it's not just affecting my family. It's affecting the entire world. Okay, now I can see 
how to fight this thing when I narrow down what this storm is attacking. Some other questions to ask when evaluating the storm is number one, who caused this storm? Do some self-evaluation. Did I cause this storm? In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If there's a storm happening in your life and you find yourself in jail, maybe we do some self-evaluation. Well, what happened for me to end up in this jail cell? Did I cause this storm? Did God cause this storm? Did the devil cause this storm? Well, I remember walking into the bank and robbing it. Okay, it was me. It was me. I, I, it, I caught myself. I, I caused this storm. And it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That we have to understand that sin will eventually catch up to you. The rule and law is out there. That if you keep working the job called sin, eventually you're going to get a paycheck, and that paycheck is called death. No ifs, ands, or buts. Doesn't end out well. The more you sin doesn't mean the better life is going to be. Wages of sin is death. But, God being gracious, the gift of God is eternal life. That he's merciful, that he's gracious, that he can save you. And he can pull you out. Did I cause this storm? Another question to ask is, was this storm out of, out of my control? We see in this passage, a suddenly storm just showed up. That you can be living life, you can be walking through life, and all of a sudden you get blindsided by something that happens. You get laid off. You literally get blindsided and get hit by a car. You go to the doctor for a normal physical and get blindsided by a terrible prognosis. A suddenly just shows up in your life. Another way to evaluate the storm is the devil causing this storm. In John 10.10, we've heard this passage before, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So when a storm hits your life, when a storm hits your family's life, when the storm hits the world, or whatever it looks like, let's evaluate the storm. Is this storm trying to steal from me? Is it trying to kill from me? Is it trying to destroy me? Well, then that's from the devil, and we need to attack it. You see, when we take a step back in the middle of the storm, the chaos is happening, and the winds are blowing, and the water's in your face, and you're drowning, and you're doing all that you can, but in order to survive the storm is to take a step back and say, wait a second, let's look at this storm so that we can attack it correctly. And Jesus says that I have come that they may have life and more abundantly. In both scriptures that we just read, we see the negative Wages of sin is death. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the but God moments after that. But I've come to give life and life more abundantly. The gift of eternal life. One of the last questions that you can ask when you're evaluating the storm is what is the damage or what is the storm attacking? 
We see in this passage that the storm is attacking the boat. It says that the waves are filling in the boat. It says that the disciples, if you read other passages, are trying to get the water out of the boat. How can we attack the storm when we don't know what the storm is attacking in us? For those who like sports, when a coach is preparing to go and play against an opponent, he doesn't just show up and then they start playing and then the second quarter he's like, Whoa, who would have known that they were going to pass this much? This is, this is crazy. This is, I didn't know they were going to run like that. No, no, no. When, a, when a, a coach is going to prepare for a game, they're studying. All week, they're watching film, they're seeing how are they going to attack us, and how can we attack them. When war time is happening, generals are all coming together, and they're trying to figure out, and figure out who the opponent is. Who's the enemy, and how can we attack them? What's the best way? The same is true in your life when it comes to surviving a storm We need to evaluate what's coming at us so that way we can attack it. Is this storm affecting me? Is it affecting my family? Is it affecting the world? And if it's affecting me, what is it affecting in me? Is it affecting my finances? Is it affecting my health? Is it affecting my sanity? Is it affecting my emotions? Is it affecting my spirituality? Okay, now I've narrowed down where this storm is attacking, the damage that it's trying to do, who caused it, what's going on. Now it's time to attack it. Now that we've evaluated and seen what it is, now I can use the Bible, now I use the Word, now I can do all these things and go after it. We've evaluated the storm. The second step that I see in this passage for you to help survive any storm is to use your voice. Is to use your voice. You see, the disciples do something that we do when we encounter a storm. We just try and fix it. We just try and figure out how to fix the issue. The water's hitting, the chaos is happening. Water's filling the boat. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm drowning. There's nothing going on. There's too much going on. All these things are happening. And their first response is, I'm just going to fix it. And then you start bailing water out, which is what we probably do in a storm as well. We just figure out, how can I get control of it? How can I fix it? How can I do all this stuff? And then all of a sudden, halfway through, these drowned disciples decide, Oh, Jesus is in the boat. Let's go talk to him. Forgot about that guy. And what's the first thing that they say? Jesus, do you care that we're drowning? Have you ever prayed those prayers before? I have. Jesus, do you even care? Do you know what's going on? Do you know what's happening? Jesus is inside of the boat, sleeping. Where's the water? Inside of the boat. There's no doubt that Jesus is wet from the water that's splashing on him and he's still sleeping, just having a nice rest, calm, peaceful throughout. And he wakes up 
And if you read different stories in, in the gospel, it says that he gets up and he rebukes the storm. Jesus doesn't grab a bucket and help them in their process. He doesn't try and help them in whatever they've been working and toiling and trying to do over and over again. Jesus gets up and uses his voice. He uses his authority and he speaks to the storm. And then you know what else he does? He speaks to the things around him that are causing him, not causing him, but causing them fear, anxiety, worry, doubt. The things in the storm that are causing all of these emotional issues to happen, he speaks to them as well. He tells his disciples, O ye of little faith, why are you fearful? We've got to use our voice in the storm. There's no way around it. That one, we've got to use our voice to get Jesus involved. Sooner than later, if I could recommend. Don't wait till the boat is all the way at the bottom. Don't wait till your, your life is all the way at the bottom to where you finally think, oh, let's get Jesus involved. No, no, no. As soon as the storm approaches, as soon as you understand what's going on, and you know what? You might not, when you're evaluating the storm, might not know where it's coming from, why it's coming, what's happening, and you can get Jesus involved and say, God, why is this happening? What is attacking me? Why? Where? How? When? I need your guidance and your wisdom to speak into my life. And he can bring revelation. And then we need to use our voice like Jesus did. And we need to talk to our fears and our worry, which means you probably need to talk to yourself. Because in the middle of the storm, your mind is racing. You're anxious. You can't sleep at night. You're nervous. You're nauseous. You're frustrated. Your emotions are running rampant in the middle of a storm. And just like Jesus, when he talked to his disciples, you're going to have to talk to yourself. Say, why are you fearful? Why are you anxious? What's going on? Jesus is in control. Remember, the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. You're going to have to talk to that storm by rebuking it. You're going to have to talk to Jesus. You're going to have to get your prayer life rolling. Increase it when you're in a storm. You're going to have to talk to you. You're going to have to encourage yourself. Remember, building yourself up in the most holiest of faith. Praying in tongues. And then you're going to have to use the authority that Jesus has given you, that he paid for and freely gave to you to speak to your storm. In the middle of the chaos, in the middle of all your friends and family saying, what are you going to do? What's going on? I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. You're going to have to stand up in the middle of the boat at the top of the, the, the bow and say, peace be still. Because in all reality, when you're in the middle of the storm, I can come in 
as your pastor and help you and pray with you and walk through you, walk it through. But there's something powerful that happens when you use your voice and the authority that God has given you when something's attacking you, when something's attacking your family, your friends, your children, to stand up there and say, it's not going to happen anymore. I'm done dealing with this sickness, with this disease, with this financial loss, with this relationship, with whatever's going on. It's not going to happen. Peace be still. And then the last way to use your voice, we see in the last scripture, verse 27, I think, is that where we're ending? So then the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the seas obey him? How else can you use your voice in the middle of the storm but through worship? To stand in awe of who your Savior is. To stand in awe who is the Alpha and the Omega. The Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel, God is for us. I think she said it, one of the lines in the song, I'm going to sing in the middle of this storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my voice roar. It's going to be louder than this storm. I'm going to worship through it. I'm going to praise through it. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 through 5, for whatever is born of God simply overcomes the world. No if, ands, or buts, no other way. You have been born again into God's kingdom. For whatever is born of God, hopefully overcomes, maybe overcomes, one day will overcome, sadly might overcome. John makes a huge statement right here. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, period. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. The answer is right there. Our faith. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Our faith. It's our faith that overcomes the world. How do we build our faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. So what's that mean? i got to use my voice. I've got to use my voice. I've got to pray more. Remember the series we did a couple uh, last year? In Timothy, spit it out. That prayer comes with supplication, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. I've got to talk to my fears and my failures and my anxiety and all those things. I've got to talk to them, tell them to shut up. I've got to talk to that storm, tell it to be calm, and then I'm just going to worship my Savior. I'm going to use my faith. I'm just going to worship Him as I walk through this storm. Now I want you to know that it's okay to have emotions. Us as humans, God gifted us with emotions. We see in the scriptures Jesus having emotions. Jesus got angry. Remember he cleared out the temple. When Lazarus died, he wept. Being with that Group of 12 disciples, no doubt Jesus laughed and laughed a lot at them, especially Peter. Remember, he used to go and eat with the sinners and tax collectors. You've been with sinners. 
Sinners tell some pretty funny jokes. Not always appropriate for the house, but they tell some pretty funny jokes. So Jesus shows emotion. We see God in the scriptures throughout showing emotion. It's okay to show emotion. We see the disciples in this moment as they are freaking out, as this storm is sinking them, as things are going out, they're doing all they can, and they show emotion, and Jesus doesn't wake up and says, what? why are you crying? I'm not crying, Jesus, it's, it's the water, the water's on my face. Why are you angry? Why are you yelling? Judas, why are you laughing in the back? I don't know, he might have been. It's okay to show emotion, but there's a point in our lives where we have to rein in those emotions. Emotions don't guide me. Well, I'm angry, I'm pouty, I'm sad. Okay, that's fine. Now it's time to put our big boy pants on. Now it's time to use the authority that God gave us, and it's time to step into the position that he's placed us in to overcome the world. It's simple. But it's very hard to do, to rein those emotions in. It's okay to have emotions. When storms hit, it's okay to cry. It says in the scriptures that we cry with those that are crying. We, we rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Ecclesiastes talks about a time to grieve, a time to laugh, a time to sow, a time to reap. We see that. And Stephen talked about it last week, that there's a time for these things. But having done all to stand, we need to put on that full armor of God, and we need to go stand. Even through our tears, even with our teeth gritted, even with anger, whatever's going on, God is on my side. I will not fear. What can any man do to me? We're going to go through this storm. 10%, guys. Here we go. We're almost done. So we've evaluated the storm. We're using our voice in the middle of the storm. The third step is to follow the peace out of the storm. Follow the peace out of the storm. A different version of this story is talked about in Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Jesus stood on that ship, on that boat, and he said, Peace, be still. Be still, and the winds and the seas obeyed, and there was a great calm. And they just kept sailing their boat to the other side like God spoke them to do. More than likely, if we ever do any counseling together and there's something going on in your life, I'm going to ask you a question sometime in us talking. I'm going to say, where is the peace? You say, well, I've got this decision, I've got this decision, I've got to figure out if I've got to go here. Do I take this job? Do I go to this school? Do I marry this person? Do I go to this hospital? Do I do this? Do I do that? My question to you and what I ask a lot of people in counseling is where is the peace? Where do you have the most peace in the decision that you need to make? And wherever the peace is, it... <coughs> oops, excuse me, <coughs> I just decided to swallow my tongue, <coughs> <clears throat> and wherever the peace is, is the direction that you should go. God is not the author of confusion. There are plenty of times in my life and in my wife's life as we are together and we're trying to decide what to do, where to go, what is the next step, 
and there's craziness happening, or there's chaos happening, or there's things that are out of our control that's happening, I tell my wife all the time, when it comes to the church, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our marriage, to our children, anything that's happening, I say, stop everything. Let's take a step back and pray and lay out these decisions. Where do we have the most peace? And sometimes the decisions where we have the most peace, honestly, are the most uncomfortable positions. But it's where the peace is, and it's where I'm going. And majority of the time, I say all the time, is where God is and will bring us to victory. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. I love this scripture and talk about it quite often because it changed my life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, following along with the, the topics that we're talking about, Don't be anxious in anything. Evaluate the storm. But in everything, use your voice by prayer and supplication. Oh, also with thanksgiving, we're worshiping. Let your requests be made known to God. We're praying in verse 7. And when you do those things, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard is the idea of the military protecting your heart and your mind. They're protecting your heart and mind from anything coming into or anything going out of. The peace of God will protect your heart and mind and help you. It'll it'll push out all the noise and help you and guard you to the exact place that you need to go. Look at Isaiah chapter 55 verse 12. Isaiah 55 verse 12. The verse 11 before that talks about how your word will not return void. And it goes into verse 12. For you shall go out with joy and let this be, if you're in the middle of a storm today, let this be the scripture for your heart and be led out with peace in the name of Jesus. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Once again, we've got worship tied into this whole thing. How do I get out of a storm? Using my voice and worshiping. And it says that you will be led out with peace. You will go out with joy. You will be led out with peace. And at the end of Romans, Romans chapter 16, verse 20. You want to get a verse tattooed on you, get this one on there. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And the God of peace, the God of peace, what's he about to do? Crush Satan under your feet. Whatever storm you're going through, speak peace into that situation. Look for the peace on how to get out of it and follow it out. Let it lead you. Let there be joy in your heart. If you're going through a storm right now, here's another scripture that you can stand on. And the God of peace, yes, it could be talking about in the by and by when the devil gets thrown into hell at the end of time, but the devil's already been defeated. It says that Jesus made an open mockery of him when he died on the cross. So whatever you're going through today, just know that the God of peace is ready and willing and on the verge of crushing Satan in your situation very shortly. And the last step that I have as we're finishing now is prepare for the next storm. 
It says in the scriptures that it rains on the just and the unjust. We are in a broken, fallen world, but we are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. God is on our side. I wish I could bring all good news to you, but being in this earth, I'm telling you right now, there's another storm on the way. There's a good chance that you are in one of the three categories that I'm about to mention. Number one, you're currently in a storm, and I'm sorry for that. And hopefully this word can help you get through that. Number two, you might just be leaving a storm, getting out of that storm, recovering. You survived it. You're wet, you're coughing up water, you darn near drowned, but you came out of it. Or you're person number three and you're about to walk into a storm, whether you know it or not. There's only three options, unfortunately, on this broken earth. You're in a storm currently and you're trying to get out of it. You've just walked out of the storm. Or there's potential that you're about to walk into another storm. And now is the moment to prepare for the next one. Last month, a hurricane, almost a Category 5, hit Lake Charles, my hometown. They knew it was coming. They watched it go across Cuba, come into the Gulf, and get stronger and stronger and stronger, and they prepared for it. Well, they didn't prepare that great for it. Uh, the government didn't. My family evacuated to Dallas. They picked up all their stuff. They tried to bring stuff in the house. They tried to get everything they could to prepare for this storm to get ready. The storm came through and destroyed my town, destroyed Lake Charles, tore it up, and people are trying to rebuild. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to do all this stuff. And they've just started getting power back. My dad, my parents just got power back like last week. Almost a month after this storm has come through. And yesterday, or a couple of days ago, there's a little bit of a blip of something that started circling around Mexico. And it is on the path now to rub up against my hometown again. We've already gone through the alphabet of the hurricanes. Now, we're already past Hurricane Alpha. We're now on to Beta, which is going up the coast of Texas and going into Louisiana. My parents prepared for a storm a couple weeks back. They were in the middle of the storm, and they survived it. And they're picking up all the pieces, and they've got tarps on their roof, and they've got tarps on my grandparents' roof, and they're picking up the trees and everything that's blown down. And all of a sudden, they're about to go right back into another storm. Which is the story of life. But we have the tools. We have Jesus in our boat, on our side, who can help us through this. So the last and final step is prepare for the next storm. I'm reading this scripture and then I'm finishing up. 7%. Here we go. Matthew chapter 7, how fitting, verses 24 through 29. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. All kind of storms, but it didn't fall. You're not going to fall because you've prepared for the next storm that's coming. You've prepared for it by following his words. It was founded on the rock. If you didn't prepare, verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like that of a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. Same storm, 
hit both people. One survived, one didn't. And the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Verse 28, and so it was when Jesus ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings. Verse 29, for he taught them as having one, having, look at that word, authority and not as the scribes. That same authority has been gifted to you. That you have the same power, the same authority, the same voice of Jesus that resides in you to speak to your storm and to prepare for whatever's on the horizon. I'm telling you right now, something is going to come in the future. Might be tomorrow, might be five, ten years from now, and now is the time to prepare. If you're in the middle of the storm, evaluate what's going on. How did I find myself here? Is it my own doing? Is it the devil attacking? Is it just a suddenly? And now that you know what it is, it's time to attack it. How do we attack it? We use our voice. We use our voice. We increase our prayer life. Talk to Jesus about it. We use our own voice and we speak to that storm and tell it to die. We speak to our fears and failures and we tell them, shut your voice, shut up. Greater is he that's in me than anything that can come against me in the world. How do we get out of that storm? We look for the peace. Look for it. Don't look at the, 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 the rain. Don't look at the hail. Don't look at the tornadoes, all the things that are attacking. Don't look at that. Only look for the peace. God, where's the peace? How do I get out of this? I'm not going to stay in this storm forever. It's not going to take over my life forever. It's not going to be here for 10 days or 10 years. I'm getting out of this storm, and I'm getting out of it today, and I'm commanding it in the name of Jesus for peace to be still in this moment. And when you come out of that storm victorious and worshiping, it's time to prepare for the next one. Because I'm not going to fall down like the disciples said, when that storm comes again, I'm not going to fall down like I did this time. I'm not going to be, oh, ye of little faith like I was last time in that storm. I'm going to build my life on the rock, on what Jesus said, on what he's done, on what his word says. And when that next storm comes, I don't even care how big it is. It can be a category one or a category five. I'm going to walk through it and breeze through it because Jesus is on my side. I will survive any storm, and you will too. Amen? All right, nobody, okay. All right, y'all stand up today. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish exactly what it's supposed to do. Father, we declare by faith today, I will survive my storm. Whatever storm is I'm currently in, whatever is going on, in the name of Jesus, I speak faith into these people's lives. They will survive any storm from this point on. They will survive any storm from this point on. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, and we have planted the seeds of the Word of God inside of their hearts, inside of their minds, inside of their spirits today. And in the name of Jesus, I declare it will bear fruit. And the next time they come into a storm, they will have their house built upon a rock, and their lives will not be shaken. It will not falter. It will not fail. They will not have a great fall like they have in the past, but they will succeed. They will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They will use their voice just like the voice that Jesus used when he said, Peace, be still. Father, in the name of Jesus, help your people today. For those that are in the middle of the storm, give them strength 
Give them power, give them might. You didn't give them a spirit of fear. But what you have given them is power and love and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for these people that they're coming out of their storms. That you're giving them rest as they're recovering from storms. And Father, you're preparing their hearts and minds and spirits for whenever that next storm shows up. Devil, you've been defeated. Simple, done deal. Doesn't matter what's thrown my way. Devil, you've been defeated. I'll keep reminding of it every time I see your ugly head rise in my life. Devil, you've been defeated. What Jesus did on the cross, he said it was finished. And if it was enough for Jesus, if it was enough for God, and all of heaven was silent, then that means it is finished, is good enough for me. So therefore, I declare whatever storm I'm going through, whatever storm's going through in this community or in these people's lives, it is finished. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we rejoice in you and look for the miracle signs and wonders and the calming peace to reside in our lives. That today we will lie down in peace and sleep. And in the Lord, we will dwell in safety. We won't lay on our bed and turn and toss and wonder and cry and figure out how we're going to, what's this? How's this going to happen? No, no, no. We're going to lie down tonight in peace and sleep because we know that the Lord is our safety. Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you they are healed and whole. I thank you they are prosperous. I thank you they are righteous. I thank you they are the head and not the tail. I thank you they are above and not beneath. I thank you that you cause your favor to shine upon them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Go out and survive all those storms. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.